Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today we're going to talk about some of the things that might be holding you back from living your best life and how to make those shifts to overcome those limiting thoughts or beliefs. So today is an interview with Megan Smith-Gill. Megan describes herself as a personal growth ninja, life hacker, spiritual warrior, entrepreneur, kindness activist, wife, mama, and human being. She was an extremely successful marketing executive running a seven-figure company with a handsome husband and two beautiful children. Accomplished, smart, and talented, Megan had it all, or so it seemed. One day, her world crashed in around her and offered a life-changing epiphany, one that reordered her life and transformed her direction. Now, Megan Smith-Gill is sharing her profound insights with women across the country through her book, Give a Shift, and her online e-learning course, Give a Shift Academy. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. No, thank you for being here. So I'm curious about your story. In your bio, you say you had it all. You were a successful marketing executive running a seven-figure company with a beautiful family, and then it all came crashing down. So what happened there? You know, it was a it was a series of events, but there was one pivotal moment when my daughter, who was three years old at the time, came home from from preschool and it was around Mother's Day. And you know, in preschool they have the kids do these, you know, draw a picture of your mommy and the teachers ask all of these questions about your mommy. And one of the questions was, what does your mommy do for work? And my daughter's answer was, my mommy sleeps in hotels. And you know, it was at that (laughs) moment that it was like my world came crashing down because I had been working 80 hours a week, traveling, you know, every single week, barely spending time with my children because that's what I thought I needed to do to succeed. That is what society tells us success looks like. And so I just kept working harder and harder and harder to try to achieve these goals that society tells us we need to have in order to be successful. And it wasn't Mm. until that moment that I knew something had to change and my world came crashing down and I went up to my room and literally fell to my knees and started sobbing and thought, what do I do now? And that began my journey to find more, to to literally find out who I was and what I was put on this earth to do because it certainly wasn't that. Right. So you were motivated to be so successful because of what you thought success looked like and it took that moment for your daughter, like what she drew to to hit you, right? That she knew you as a traveling mom that was always in hotels versus at home. Exactly. I was just always gone. And, and the reason why I chased success so intensely was because when I was in middle school, I was actually bullied really, really significantly, um, and it got so bad. It, it lasted for nearly two years, and it reached a point where I could no longer get out of bed in the morning. I sank into such a deep depression, and my parents were beside themselves. Calls to the school went unanswered. This was at a time when bullying really wasn't something schools dealt with or talked about. It They liked to sort of 
turn the other way and pretend it wasn't happening. And so I eventually was transferred to a new school, but the feelings of shame and humiliation that I felt stayed with me. And there was a point in my life where my father turned to me and he said, you know, are you going to let this experience define the rest of your life? And I thought, you know what? No, I'm not going to. And I'm going to reclaim my self-worth and find, you know, my self-confidence by proving to the bullies that I wasn't the loser they said I was by accumulating outward material success, right? Because society tells us that success is what we have, what we do, and what other people think about us. And so from that moment on, I chased this, I call it a mirage of success, as a way to try to regain my self-worth and to, to, you know, overcome those feelings of shame and humiliation. But the problem was every time I set a goal and I achieved it, the feelings, you know, were, were fleeting. The, the, you know, the gratification that I felt wasn't lasting. And so I was on to my next quest. And these quests just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it reached a point where, you know, as you said in your intro, I owned a marketing and still do own a marketing agency, was traveling all over the place, built the business in 18 months to seven figures. And it appeared on the outside that I had had it all going. What no one understood on the inside is that I was lacking, lacking time with those I love most and lacking deep fulfillment and joy in my life and lacking purpose until that yeah. moment when my daughter showed me that Mother's Day card and it all came crashing down. Wow. So what happened after that crash? Did you, were you like immediately woken up? You're like, I want to change things. What actions did you take from there? Yeah, I didn't know what to do, frankly. I was scared, but I knew I had to start lifting the cloud of disguise that I had been hiding behind for decades. I knew that it was time to face the music and admit my story of struggle and pain that I hid from. I ran away from the story of bullying because I was so ashamed by it that I I never even admitted it had happened to anyone. Mm -hmm. And so I slowly started to allow the healing to begin. And Mm -hmm. I went out on this, I went out on a personal quest to find out you know, again, what I was put on this earth to do. So it was a very personal, private journey. I didn't even share it with my husband at the time because I didn't know Mm -hmm. where the journey was going to take me. And so I just started devouring books. I started devouring books on spirituality. My mother was a very spiritual person growing up. When I was growing up, she studied Buddhism and Taoism and Native American philosophy. And my father is a quantum physicist. And so I started diving into both of those worlds. I started studying people, you know, prosperous, happy, abundant people. And I started to reverse engineer what it was that they were doing. What beliefs did they have? What habits did they do every day that led to, you know, their happiness and prosperity? So I studied, you know, modern day contemporary people. I I studied ancient spiritual texts and I just allowed the journey to unfold. And, And it was pretty amazing because a couple of things happened rather quickly. The first thing is that I recognized Mm -hmm. very early on that five major beliefs that I had held nearly my entire life were complete myths. And those beliefs had been shaping my life. And I had been living my life according to these very beliefs. And I call them, I now call them, and they're in the book, life's biggest bullshifts. Because what I uncovered is that they're nothing but lies. But so many of Mm. us live our life according to these beliefs. And when we do, it prevents us from ever living our best lives. Right. So, I mean, everyone's asking, what are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are these five bullshifts? 
Um, I have to make sure I say that F, even even though I say it all the time. I need to make sure that gets in there. So the first myth is that your life is based on luck, right? So many people, and myself included, by the way, you know, this was the way that I thought. I just thought my entire life, I just got the unlucky deck of cards in life. I was bullied. I had these unfortunate situations happen, happen to me. And I just thought the only way to overcome this bad luck that I had was to just keep working harder. And I see so many people fall victim to this. They, they mm-hmm. look at someone who seems to have it so easy and, they, and, they, and meanwhile they're struggling and they chalk it up to one person having good luck and one per, the other person having bad luck. And that is you know, completely not true. It's, it's complete bullshit. And once I was le- able to let go of that belief and replace it with the truth, which is that we all have the power within when we understand how to tap into it, that gives us the ability to create the life that we want and a life bigger and better than most of us even dare dream is yep. possible. And then what else? <laughs> Bullshift number two <laughs> is that competition is a necessary part of success. So for my entire life, I competed to win, right? I competed and winning was my revenge. It was my way of getting back at, right. at, at the bullies and proving to the world that I was, I was something. But... In reality, competition is nothing more than a mirage. It only exists because we believe that we're all vying our fair share of a small and finite pie. And if someone else gets there first, there's suddenly less for us. And so in my work environment, for example, mm-hmm. I was in a constant state of competition with coworkers for the next promotion, for you know whatever that next thing was the feelings or the the belief in competition actually for the most part keeps people stuck and doesn't allow them to achieve greatness yeah i mean all of these are things that people do do every day i mean it's hard to not compare yourself with others and feel like it's a competition right maybe it's cuz we're raised in a way where our society functions that way maybe in schools yes. or even like sports <laughs> you know everything seems like it's a competition absolutely yeah. that one is a hard one and when i say it people have a really hard time believing that but i will tell you that you know again when when i tried to reverse engineer what the most happy successful abundant people were doing None of them believed in competition. This was something that was very common amongst them all because they believed that they could, they had the power to create as much as they wanted. And just because somebody has something more doesn't mean they're suddenly less for them. Right. And it's a really liberating and freeing idea. It's one that I would urge your listeners to sort of allow themselves to sit with and, and think on that and maybe do some research on that. Because if you can grasp that, it was it has been one of the most liberating things i've ever ever done is to let go of the competitive mindset mm-hmm. but do you still do the thing where you compete with your past self and how you've done in the past like you only compete with yourself no i don't even compete with myself anymore oh okay that's refreshing yeah absolutely no i've i've learned through my process which you know again the first step was to change these five beliefs and then i created a process mm-hmm. that i practice every day and if we have time we can hit on that but through yeah. that process I learned to to truly and deeply for the very first time in my life love myself fully and completely so mm. um and and in my book I even have a letter of gratitude to the bullies I've I've learned to be thankful for that experience because it has brought me to where I am and so I've had to yeah. let go of those those feelings of anger and look at that situation with the lens of mm-hmm. gratitude yeah I mean do you want to talk more about your book give a shift is it 
like what else does it touch on and and also what does give a shift mean exactly yeah exactly so the great questions so part of the journey the next part of the journey after i've changed these beliefs and we can we can maybe put up a link to the other bull shifts yeah. a pdf download or something for your listeners yeah. so they can see the rest of them but the first was mm-hmm. to change my belief system and once i was mm-hmm. able to change my belief system i was able to look at life through a whole new lens and it was like i set the stage for now the rebuilding process and so I started to practice, again, things that I saw that were common amongst mm-hmm. all these people in, in books that I was studying. And I, I practiced a little bit from this person, a little bit from that book. And I developed, without really even meaning to or without knowing it, a 10-step process that I started to practice and incorporate every single day. And mm-hmm. two things happened. In a very short amount of time, those around me saw an instant transformative change in me and started asking what I was doing. They said I had an aura about me that I looked lighter and brighter and happier and they've never seen me like this. And what what had happened? What caused such a dramatic change? And I thought, oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh, I didn't realize it was so apparent on the outside. I knew I felt different on the inside. And so I started to share the process with those around me, my close family and friends. And then I was able to, uh, much to my delight and surprise, witness the same change in them. And that's when I knew wow. that I had to share this process with the world. And so to answer your question in a, a long-winded fashion, I apologize. Give a shift. It happens to be my 10-step process. So every single letter mm-hmm. in give a shift represents a step in my process. And, and you know, wow. yeah, which, which was a miracle because it just became that way. I had thought of the title originally of the book when I thought I had to share this with the world. I said, okay, I guess I have to write a book now as any you know <laughs> sane person does. You just sit down and start writing a yeah. book and it just fell into place. Give a Shift was already the original title. And when I started matching up the steps with the letters, it was like, wow. like a Rubik's <laughs> cube that just came yeah. into, it was amazing. Yeah. It was a gift. Well, are they not, are, are these steps not in chronological order? It's just everything that you can apply at the same time to your life? Yeah. You know, I put them, they, they're in an order. And I, what I recommend is that you sort of don't bite off more than you can chew and try to master all 10 of them at once, mm-hmm. right? You sort of go through them in mm-hmm. order and master one at a time. So for, for instance, G stands for, the G in give a shift stands for give gratitude. And that's a big mm-hmm. one. And I know gratitude is one of those buzzwords and we hear it a lot. But when you start to pull back the curtain and really examine gratitude and whether or not you are living what I call a deliberately grateful life versus a conveniently grateful life, most people will find, if they're honest with themselves, that they live in a conveniently grateful life. Mm-hmm. And that means, you know, being grateful when a situation or event is big enough to be worthy of our gratitude, right? A new job, a new baby, a new house, right. what, what have you. But when you rewire your brain to be deliberately grateful for all of the experiences and miracles that surround us every day that most of us are oblivious to, it opens your eyes in ways that you never would have imagined. And then it acts sort of like a magic wand. It's really amazing. You become so in tune with being grateful that these experiences and, and things just keep flooding into your life. I, I have this saying that yeah. the more you are grateful for what you have, the more you will have to be grateful for. Yeah. And, and it's a beautiful yeah, I experience. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. What is another, yeah, what is another component that people who have read your book or friends and family have said was also really life-changing? Is there another one you, you want to share? I think that the S in shift stands for stop the negativity. And that's a big one because we are, and you touched on it earlier, as Mm. a society, we are surrounded 
by negativity, not only negativity in the, in the media, but see, here's the thing. When people think negativity, they think of, you know, watching news on TV that happens to be really bad, but there's so much more to negativity than meets the eye. So things like judgment, whether of yourself or others is a form of negative emotion and feelings, criticism, comparison, Mm -hmm. all of those weigh heavy on us and bring our energy vibration down. And when we bring our Mm -hmm. energy vibration down, we attract experiences that are that are of that same vibrational quality and we can never achieve greatness because our energy is vibrating at this lower frequency and so we have to learn to rid ourselves of negativity and the first thing I teach in the negativity chapter of Mm -hmm. the book is I teach people I walk them through what I call a negativity assessment right because before you can remove the negativity you have to assess how much you're really surrounded by most people are so oblivious to it it's sort of like you know, yeah. you go through to a rock concert and you leave and your ears are ringing. You're like oblivious to how loud it actually is. But when yeah, you stop. Yeah. Or to some people, that negativity is their normal. Like right. they're a cynic every day or they're as they're driving, they're complaining about the other cars and traffic. You know what I mean? To them, it's normal. It just becomes so, <laughs> yeah. so part of the routine that they're oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. And so when you stop and yep. assess it, like I have, so I have students and people that I've worked with that I make them keep track for a week of all the negative experiences they either come in, into contact with or their response for creating themselves and it's not unheard of that people chalk up a thousand negative experiences every single week and so you can imagine if that is your environment how could you ever live your best life right and so then we go through the steps of removing it but first we have to assess how much there really is so that's a really really powerful Mm -hmm. step to stop the negativity yeah absolutely remove the negativity from from their lives as much as possible and it's funny because once you sort of, again, rewire your brain to become in tune with negativity. What happened right, before we were sort of numb to it because, it, like you said, we're surrounded mm-hmm. by so much of it and, and maybe responsible for so much of it. But when we stop and assess it and rewire our brains to become sensitive towards it, something very, very interesting happens. You no longer are numb to it, but you become so sensitive to its presence that it makes you feel so uncomfortable. That's how in tune yeah. you are with it, that you do everything you can to you know, change the environment or remove yourself from the environment or to avoid the negativity altogether because you're so sensitive to Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned that you do some daily routines or rituals to live out this shifted life. So what are those routines? If you can share. I can share some of them. Again, each each yeah. of the steps has the way to incorporate that step every single day. So my rituals are all mm. of these 10 steps that I do every single day. But one thing that I thought was important that I included in the book, because the biggest okay. obstacle people say when you give them a routine or, you know, do these 10 steps every day, the biggest obstacle people say is I don't have the time, right? They do or they do it for a week and then they, they fall off. So one of the things that was mm-hmm. important for me was to figure out, again, as a busy wife, mom, entrepreneur, how do I incorporate these things into my daily life without needing to find a ton of extra time to do it? Because that just wasn't realistic, not for me and not for for many people. And once I sort of cracked the code on how to re-engineer my day and how I spend my time, it requires very little extra time throughout my day to incorporate all 10 of these steps. And I'll share what I mean in a couple minutes. But once I was able to crack the code, I thought, you know what, I need to put that in the book. So there's a chapter that really Mm -hmm. shows a day in the life of Megan and exactly what I do throughout the day. I walk people through my day so I can show people how. But like, for instance, think about the 20 minutes you spend in the shower, right? All of us, we shower every day and all of us shower around for around 20 minutes. Most of the time, most people are in the shower 
fretting about what to do, thinking about what to wear, worrying about what their day is going to be, if it's at the beginning of the day or if it's at the end of the day, going back, replaying the events of the day, you know, harping on something that didn't go right. So we use those 20 minutes as a waste of time to think about frivolous things or again, more negativity. But if we spent those 20 minutes practicing gratitude in the morning, then when we walk out the door, Mm-hmm. Uh, we're already in tune to it and, and one would be amazed with how many other things you know of gratitude come at them throughout yeah. the day because of that 20 minutes so the same with blow drying your hair or putting on your makeup like these are all or driving your our kids to and from wherever they are if we're in the car grocery shopping you know i i reuse all of these minutes <laughs> now to create the life that i want rather than just letting that time come and go and not using them productively right yeah being more intentional with your time and actually yeah using it to to do all of those 10 steps i do have a question because i don't know if are are you focused on like being mindful of the present moment i know a lot of people talk about that so you know the flip side is kind of when you're using this time to think about other things like gratitude or something else like do you feel like you are not living in the present moment or you're not being mindful no, that's yeah. a great question. It actually has helped with the being mindful because, again, it's not the tw- you're not 24 hours a day allocating something to a step, right? There's sort of mm-hmm. five minutes here or 10 minutes there. And then what that does is that the result of the deliberate time spent on those steps makes you ultimately more mindful during the time when you're not practicing a step. So, right. you know right. what I mean? Like take, the, again, that gratitude example. If you, you're you so now in tune and in the present moment that you can see the beauty in the flower that is right before you. And so it, it inevitably mm. makes you more mindful as a byproduct of practicing the steps in, in deliberately focused time. You become more mm-hmm. mindful at the other moments throughout the day. Right. Because they all enhance your life in some way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. And one of the steps is meditation. And, and you know, certainly meditation mm. and mindfulness go hand in hand. Yeah, definitely. So lastly, I want to ask you, what is one action our listeners can take today to achieve that abundance in their life outside of what you've already said? Is there something else that's like one, one thing we can start doing today? Oh, there are a couple, I think, that are the, some of the easier ones to you know, jump out of the gate. And many of your listeners may be doing these things already, but it's a good reminder. And again, you know, I'm going to harp on that gratitude because mm-hmm. gratitude really is at the heart and center of creating the life that you want and really manifesting as much abundance in your life as as your heart desires. And so absolutely every morning I recommend get when you get started before you start practicing gratitude in the shower, you literally get very clear on your gratitudes. And so every day in the morning and in the evening, I have people spend five minutes just free riding um, everything they're grateful for. So do that, do that at least for, you know, 30 days before you move on to doing it in a Mm -hmm. non-written format. Also, you know, becoming very clear with your vision of what you want to achieve. Sometimes people aren't even clear with what Mm -hmm. they want their future state to look like. And so they don't spend time thinking about it. And so becoming very clear, which is the visualizing step, is also super important in helping you to move closer and closer to creating the life that, you know, is bigger and better than you ever thought possible, but you know you were meant to live. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for what you've shared today. I I mean, the key points to me are like, remember to stay grateful, practice gratitude, also to meditate, like you said, stop the negativity. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much. Where can we find you online? Absolutely. Your listeners can find me at give a shift 
dot live that's dot l-i-v-e forward slash free book and they can grab a copy of my book for free right there so that's give a shift dot live slash free book awesome thank you so much hope you have a great day thank you so much it was such an honor and a pleasure all right that's it for today's episode thank you so much for listening to the lavender lifestyle if you like this podcast please show your support by leaving a review on itunes it helps us so much and also helps other people find the show you can also catch me on youtube and instagram at lavender where i have even more content for the artist of life love you all so much bye